2: But those aren't quite right.
0: It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
3: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food Let's thank these unions before we get going. The International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. That's correct. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. That's correct. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And, of course, today's Ben Jorofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J., give us a song of the day, please.
1: There's no business like show business. There's no business. I know. My wife was singing that song today when you came because she knew the show was about to start. The Ben Show starts now.
3: It is Tuesday, March 24th, and live from Ben's house. (laughs) This is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Mm-hmm. Today on the program, our Chicago Reader colleague Maya Duke Maseva will join us over the phone. We welcome back Mr. Bike David Glowatz over the phone. And it's The Ben Jarofsky Show live debut of Dr. Howard Ehrman. And now your host, not a doctor. <laughs>
1: Uh, hello, Chicago Reader <laughs>
3: columnist Ben Jarofsky.
1: Uh, hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Snow Piercer Tuesday, and here's why. You see the presidential briefing uh, yesterday, D? I know you did. Yes, I did. What a great briefing! What a president, huh, ladies and gentlemen? By the way. After the briefing, I got this in the mail today. Just this is total spontaneous, all right?
2: Okay. What this is, is it that you're holding?
1: What is it that you're holding? All right, there's in your no hand. cameras anymore. Uh, this is a message from President Trump. Yeah, it came in the mail. My tax dollars went to pay for this thing. Lucky Not only you. the production of it, but uh, the uh, stamp was paid for by the government. President Trump's coronavirus guidelines for America: slow the spread. <laughs> this is this is just c- campaign fodder, folks. I hate to say it, like swing voters in Wisconsin, are like. Whoa, the president sent me a personal message. He's really on top of things. I think I'll re-elect him. I think I'll vote to re-elect him. Meanwhile, Joe Biden, of course, is in hiding, so nobody even knows that there's an opposition. That's not what I was gonna really talk about today. I was gonna talk about Snowpiercer. But anyway, here are just some of the um, recommendations in President Trump's Coronavirus Guidelines for America that had just arrived. In the mail, uh, the number one is listen and follow directions of your state and local authorities. Number two, hey, if you're old, die. No, just kidding. it doesn't say that literally. But that's kind of where the president's been going lately, D. What's the name of that guy down in Texas, Dan Patrick? Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. Not the sports announcer, folks. Dennis this morning said, did did you hear what Dan Patrick said? I'm like, the sports announcer? No, not that guy. Oh, you mean that knucklehead in Texas who said, I'm a grandfather. I'm willing to die. I'm I'm willing to die. Something like that. Isn't that the 1D? I'm willing to die. That's the new policy of Donald Trump and and the Republicans. Die, all right? Just get out of the way. Anyway... It reminds me of Snowpiercer. Uh, stick with me in this one, folks. I'm going to do one of my famous metaphors, analogy, Snowpiercer's a movie that came out about six years ago. Six years ago, I happened to watch it this weekend. Uh, I really enjoyed Snowpiercer. It's a science fiction movie. It's a dystopian uh, end of the world as we know it type movie. Hey, if you're listening, you got some time. Uh, why don't you watch it? Yeah, Snowpiercer. Go see it. Check it out. You can watch it on. Uh, I don't know. It's on some streaming thing. I got it through the mail and uh, Netflix, the old-fashioned way. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Here's the point. In this movie, the whole world has been destroyed man has destroyed the world except for the people who live in a train that's going endlessly c- circling the world i'm not quite sure where they're going they, they give this the suggestion that they're going around the world how they get across the oceans i do not know focus on the main part not these extraneous plot lines anyway on this train Uh, The train is divided by class so at the head of the train where all the rich powerful people sit They eat steak at the back of the train where all the poor people sit. They eat this really crude uh, Protein bar that's made from bugs. It's disgusting, but it keeps them alive and every now and then a revolt occurs where the people at the back uh, revolt against the people at the front the people at the front have the guns So they kill the people at the back and that's how they weed out the population that's how they keep people from overflowing the train. Get it? All right. So that's Snowpiercer. Now let's fast forward to Donald Trump's and his policy for dealing with coronavirus. You know, he's like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of staying at home. The economy needs to grow. We need, we need to get back to work. The cure could be worse than the disease. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to send everybody back to work. Well, he's just thinking this through, folks. This is like tribal. I would say if there was a a rhyme or reason to what Donald Trump is doing, it's a tribal loom. But more often than not, it could just be something that just popped out of his head. So he's saying this thing. Maybe we should get back to work. And they got the doctors who are standing behind him who are supposed to be like the voices of reasoning. They got this horrified look on their face like, can you believe this knucklehead is saying this? But they're not allowed to say it out loud because they know, they realize that the game with Trump is that you can never contradict him. You can always have to nod along and say, you're so smart. Oh, you're really smart. No one is as smart as you. You know, was like the, the guy who's got it down is Mike Pence, uh, <laughs> the lieutenant governor, the vice president. He doesn't start a sentence without saying, well, our great president, our benevolent leader. You know, every, th- every sentence is how, how wise he is, how smart he is. So anyway, these doctors are like getting nervous. They go, uh-oh, I-, I may contradict him. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has contradicted him occasionally, so, like, he's the grown up in the room, and now they won't even let him uh, show up at the briefings. And probably not too long before they fire him. They're all mad at him, D, because what did he do? Like, he covered up his face like he was snickering at something. Ups- oh, yeah,
3: while Trump was talking, he was just like, oh, Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> like You, st- <laughs> you got to have that straight face, folks. You got to, you know, it's, it's required. It's like, When the the leader speaks and they line up everybody behind the leader, the benevolent leader, and they have to have that straight face like, yes, we agree with everything the leader says. Mm -hmm." And meanwhile, the leader's saying something absolutely absurd. I remember one school strike, D. I know I'm going on a tangent with it, a tangent, uh, where the leaders of Chicago were lined up behind Mayor Rahm, and one of them looked like he was sleeping. (laughs) Remember the dude was like, I was like... You know, uh, texting my friends, is oh boy asleep? He looks like he's sleeping. His eyes are closed. Anyway, they're probably going to fire Fauci step out of line. They just, get a doctor who will say what I want to hear, like the doctor he hired. Remember the doctor he hired D? He gave him the physical and said he only weighed 225 pounds. Anybody who looks at Donald John Trump can tell that that big fella weighs at least 300 pounds. But they found a doctor. Oh, he's in great shape, 225. Fit as a fiddle. Fit, <laughs> fit as a fiddle indeed. So they're gonna fi- they'll are gonna probably fire Fauci and bring back the doctor who said he's only 220. That's the kind of doctor that Donald John Trump likes. Anyway, yeah, so he sent out this uh, little uh, envelope, this little postcard I got in the mail today. Slow the spread, President Trump's coronavirus guidelines for America. It tells you all everything. It's there's... almost
3: like Donald Trump was like, you know, Ben Jirofsky needs some pre-show prep today.
1: Yeah, <laughs> literally today. <it laughs> I actually didn't need it. We're not even going to talk about it. But this came in the mail it came early today too. I shouldn't even be touching this. Could have coronavirus. Yeah, oh, good lord. Oh my God, there's a coronavirus burn. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's Donald John Trump. He sent me that postcard. I'm sure it's just doing wonders for him with swing voters uh, throughout the Midwest and Michigan, Wisconsin. They get this personal card from Donald Trump, President Trump's coronavirus guidelines for America, and they'll say, oh, I got a personal piece of literature from the president. I think I'll vote for him. It seems to work wonders. Anyway, so meanwhile, Donald Trump is saying one thing one day, the next thing another day. We're going to bring the economy back. It's going to, the pain of shutting down the economy is worse than whatever gains we get uh, from saving people, from getting the disease, potentially dying from the disease. Uh, Don't worry about hospitals if they're overloading don't worry about healthcare workers who don't have masks etc and so forth it's really starting to remind me of snowpiercer yep in snowpiercer the folks at the front of the train like donald john trump and the titans in industry they're eating steak and the folks at the back of the train well they're eating those protein bars made of bugs thing is snowpiercer is just a movie ladies and gentlemen this Trump madness is life. We got a great show today. Maya, we got Maya. We're gonna Maya's going to be calling it, or we're going to call her. Our right Chicago day. Raider colleague, Maya Dukmasova. Maya Dukmasova will be on the line. She's feeling very apocalyptic these days. We'll she, see what she has to say. Uh, I was the one who told her about the uh, lieutenant governor down in uh, Texas, and uh, that really got her going. So it'll be interesting to see if she has some good thoughts on Dan Patrick's advice. He's willing to take one for the team. Grandparents everywhere should give themselves up for their grandkids. Go back to work. It's a bizarre thing. Well, yeah, so what if we die? At least the economy's strong. I guess they're saying what? You just have to put up with, I don't know, 2% of the population being eradicated to keep capitalism going. Uh, so, uh, Maya will have some interesting things to say. And then we're going to take a little break from the coronavirus, Mandesty. We had booked Dave Glowatz, uh, Mr. Bike, to come on the show and break down some of the goings on to the city council. Now, they're on lockdown, too. I guess they're not going to have a city council meeting until April. But uh, the last, he was at the last meeting. Had some funny bits. He was telling me about him last night. So you know, it's always a little uh, diversion, a little fun diversion to hear our aldermen and our city council uh, at work. And uh, Mister Bike will have all the good stuff for us. And then back to coronavirus. The doctor will be in the house. Doctor Howard. Not me. <laughs> yeah, different doctor. All right, Dr. Howard Airman, uh, He'll be here talking about. I sent him some homework, Dr. Airman, I sent him some homework. I, oh, there you go. Yeah, you know, I sent him um, Thomas Friedman. Tom Friedman is a columnist for the New York Times, and um, you know, I guess he's feeling uh, a little uh, of the coronavirus madness. He's uh, been in isolation. He's he's started buying into the Donald Trump notion that we should uh, send people back to work. Uh, so he has this this column that he where he laid it out. You know, an, an alternative view of the coronavirus maybe some people should go back to work notice i didn't see him signing up and volunteering to go back at least give old boy down in texas credit dan patrick not the sports commentator but the lieutenant governor uh give him credit at least he kind of volunteered to take one for the grandkids i didn't see tommy friedman doing that he just said other people should do it d okay other people right see what howard Ehrman has to say about uh tom friedman and donald trump and uh, dan patrick down in texas Uh, Dr. Airman has a lot to say about coronavirus, so that's uh, uh, the the guests we have coming ahead of us. You got any news for us, young man? I think you do. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Not a doctor. (laughs) Oh, wait. Do you have any news for us, Dr. D? (laughs) Where's the old intro at? You know, we're in the attic. I'm watching a train go by. Oh, okay. I just got a letter from Donald Trump, okay? Things are different. As Bob Dylan says, things have changed.
3: All right. Well, just when I thought there would be no room for comedic material in a local news program during a pandemic, thank God, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker went to Twitter and proved me wrong. Big problems become big problems (laughs) when you let small problems sit. And people, we all know that the governor has been busting his ass trying to prevent a bigger problem for our state and the nation during all of this. Illinois is on a shelter-in-place order. Pritzker thinks that the rest of the nation should be as well. And I guess that feeling of being fed up with federal inaction combined with the nausea one will experience when watching a Donald Trump COVID-19 press conference. (laughs) Those two combined was just enough Uh, for the governor to say, the hell with this. He finally told the president How we felt Was it by phone? No Email? Of course not A letter? What year is this? No Because our president Is a full-fleshed weirdo The only way to reach him Is to call him out In the media And that's what Pritzker did. Pritzker appeared on the Sunday CNN program State of the Union and told Jake the Snake Tapper that the White House should issue a nationwide shelter-in-place order as the number of cases soar and complained that the lack of federal initiative has forced Illinois to pay more for crucial supplies as they compete with other states. Pritzker said, quote, We moved on now to a stay-at-home order. These should have been done nationally. They haven't been. But I've got to protect the 12.7 million people that live in my state, and I'm dedicated to that. It's their health and safety that matters most to me. It will work. It will work. Pritzker also said that the White House has not done enough to protect first responders and health care workers. And, well, that was enough for... Donald Trump to respond. Well, I've never. It. <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Trump, of yeah. course, took to Twitter after Pritzker's CNN appearance and responded. Actually, Ben, I have Donald Trump's Twitter page pulled up on my computer. Let me uh, just go over and uh, open the window real quick. Hang tight, everybody. All Hold right. on.
1: Oh, I haven't heard this in a while. Hey, I miss it.
3: We're on Donald Trump's Twitter page, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Still a giant dumpster fire. All right, Donald Trump said at J.B. Pritzker <laughs> governor of Illinois and a very small group of certain other governors together with fake news at CNN Concast at CON I made a joke, Concast MSDNC shouldn't be blaming the federal government for their own shortcomings we're there to back you up should you fail and we'll always be
1: That was Donald Trump. That's excellent, man. I haven't heard that in so long. And then
3: came Sugar Ray Pritzker with a flurry (laughs) of hits to the president. (laughs) Jamie Pritzker tweeted, You wasted precious months when you could have taken action to protect Americans and Illinoisans. You should be leading a national response instead of throwing tantrums from the back seat. Where were the tests when we needed them? Where's the PPE?
1: Get off Twitter and do your job. Oh, Pritzker. That's that's how you get Trump's attention. That is how you get tweet them. something at him. <laughs> and well,
0: what do you know? Yeah. They talked on the phone uh, earlier today. I reached out to the president of the United States. He returned my call uh, a little afternoon and I spoke with him directly about our need for N95 masks and for ventilators. Um, and as you know, it's very important that we acquire as many of these as we can. I have called for him to invoke the uh, National Defense Production Act and actually utilize it, because I know he's invoked it, but not utilized it in any industry. And when I called these ventilator manufacturers, and I gave this example to them, in one case, they told me I was competing with FEMA to acquire ventilators. So I'm competing against the federal government to get ventilators for the state of Illinois. And the federal government is not distributing ventilators to the state of Illinois, so I'm literally working against you know, a competitor. I just want to give you the second example, if you don't mind. Uh, I called another uh, manufacturer of ventilators, um, and he pointed out to me that, well, I would be competing with countries other than the United States as I put an order in, and that I better put in as big an order as possible in order to uh, put myself higher on the list of priority to get ventilators from that manufacturer. Now, here I'm competing with my own federal government, I'm competing with countries outside the United States to get things that we need to to keep our people safe and healthy. Um, The president was very responsive, frankly. Um, He said, uh, you know, he didn't so much like uh, the idea of invoking the Defense Production Act, uh, but he did say, you know, what do you need uh, let me see if I can get that for you. And I you know, gave him some numbers. I told him what we had ordered from the government already. And he said, let me work on that. And so I really thought, you know, it seems like he's being very responsive uh, to what I asked for. And I hope that we'll be able to receive those items in relatively short order.
1: Yeah. I First of all, great job by uh, J.B. Pritzker uh, in just logically and clearly and concisely spelling things out. But just at the end of it, this is... <laughs> the the president was very responsive uh we still don't have the ventilators i presume we still don't have the ventilators do you? you know what i'm saying so it's it's like these mixed messages that are getting sent out like a personal appeal by the governor on a phone to the president after they had a public squabble because the president hasn't been doing his job while the president is is putting out there the notion that you know the crisis isn't as bad as we think it is that it's going to end uh enough in two weeks so that people can go back to work and other people in the, in the president's party are saying well maybe not be such a bad idea if a bunch of people die anyway we can make way for the next generation so it's madness and it's a game that pritzker feels compelled to play you have to pretend as though all is well that donald trump is sane That we're dealing with a sane, responsive person. The guy hasn't been responsive on this matter since the beginning. And he's sending out mixed messages. I get this dopey little letter today, this postcard, President Trump's Coronavirus Guidelines for America, which the president contradicts almost at every briefing. And the people in the president's party are contradicting. And yet... J.B. Pritzker has to operate in the world of reality. He needs important supplies. He needs important equipment. So he's like those doctors who stand behind the president and pretend that there's some logic to what the president is doing and that there's some sanity to what the president is doing. I feel for him. Because I don't know when those ventilators are come. And he shouldn't have to make a personal appeal to Donald Trump after tweeting him out, after getting into a Twitter fight with him to get ventilators. It should be part of the process that the federal government has set up and is operating, or has set up and been operating for the last two months. So it's very frustrating to watch this gameplay. I'll tell you what. Hmm. I, not to mix politics with coronavirus, but I'm constantly doing that anyway. What's been on my mind lately when I'm not raging and ranting about Donald Trump and the horrific way he is handling this is the absence of Joe Biden, the supposed leader of the Democratic Party in this uh, as we head into the showdown in November. Remember that the presidential election. And I I was I've been saying this a lot, thinking this a lot lately as I go for my walks, uh, by the way, crossing the street when anybody approaches me practicing social distancing thing. I feel as though the Democrats are going to substitute uh, somebody for Biden. I feel as though that going into this election with Joe Biden at the moment is such a frightening prospect because the man is absent. The guy disappeared from public view, from the moment he defeated Bernie in Illinois, what was it? Illinois, Florida, and Arizona. I think it was last Tuesday. It seems like an eternity ago, D. It was a week ago. It was only a week ago. Mm-hmm. It's like he disappeared. He he reappeared yesterday. That some tepid response uh, that his crew put together, where he gave this like, one and a half minute speech in his library. I don't know where he was. Yeah, yeah. He was he was so tepid. He was so he was so disconnected. It, he was just so not a leader and all these I'm looking at these democratic governors like Cuomo in New York and Pritzker here in Illinois who are confronting the emergency who are confronting the catastrophe in a very humane and empathetic way uh making appeals to people to try to calm calm them at the same time like trying to deal with the lunatic who's in charge of the of the government uh I feel the Democrats probably should consider, if you're not going to nominate Bernie, who, by the way, has, con- I know, for some reason, you can't bring yourself to nominate Bernie because he's a socialist and he went on a vacation. He did his honeymoon in the Soviet Union in the 1980s and they got pictures of him without a shirt on. Oh, my God, Democrats everywhere. We can't elect Bernie. We can't nominate Bernie. OK, you can't bring yourself to nominate Bernie for whatever reason. All right, you can't deal with that. All right. How about substituting somebody else's? It's pretty. It's got to be obvious to you, Democrats. Yeah,
3: yeah. And it makes me think, like, there are en- enough time uh, went by there where we didn't hear from Joe Biden. Uh, do you think there was like a behind closed doors meeting of Joe Biden, maybe going, uh, should I do this? Do I want to do
1: this? I don't know if I want to do this. I, I, you know, anything's possible, Dave. Absolutely. I've had. You're
3: going against more than Donald Trump now. You know what I mean? You're going against the uh, COVID nineteen
1: now. You know what I mean? I, I, I found it. It, incomprehensible that Joe Biden and his team of advisors would think it was a good idea to disappear. And, you know, I've got I've been talking a lot about this uh, with various uh, dams of the centrist persuasion who are still pushing Biden down. Oh, ben, you have to understand. Uh, and then they give me this explanation that makes no sense. Well, Ben, you have to understand he's not an elected official. He's a candidate. And so what you have to do is let the process work itself out. And uh, it would be unseemly and undignified for him to speak out uh, as a private citizen. Are you kidding me? I, it's you don't think the country wants to hear from the other side at this moment? Where well, we just supposed to just pretend as though we're all united with President Trump's coronavirus guidelines for America? We're all united with Donald behind Donald Trump, the guy who scares the hell out of most people in this country. The guy who is saying one thing one day and something else completely different the next day? The guy who is so indifferent to facts that he intimidates doctors into silence and to just sort of nodding along with the the idiocy he sputters? So I I do not know, uh, in response to what you said, D, what logical explanation could there be to explain why Joe Biden disappeared for a week? And I got to tell you, if I'm a leader of a Democratic Party, they always go – I hear this all the time. You know we can't trust the voters anymore. We should go back to the days of the smoke-filled rooms where the leaders of the Democratic Party determined who was best fit, suited to uh, run for – I've heard that one. I mean, pundits opine that from time to time. Well, okay, leaders, go back to your smoke-filled room and come up with someone better than Joe Biden. I mean, the guy has f- disappeared. Was he – so I don't know D I don't know if he was afraid I don't know if he was exhausted I don't know if he didn't know what to say I do know this Bernie Sanders hasn't disappeared I just saw Bernie Sanders being interviewed by Chris Hayes it was I think it was last night he oh, was articulate, yeah. he was forceful, he was compassionate. <laughs> His oh. hair looked crazy, yep. he was stressed out. Wow. Oh, I love Bernie. Yo, but can't can't nominate Bernie because, you know, <laughs> those pictures back in the 1980s, okay? Oh, can't nominate Bernie because he's a Democratic Socialist. Meanwhile, half the stuff that Trump's espousing right now, I don't know if it'll pass the Senate, but is straight out of Bernie's playbook. <laughs> 20, oh. $27. Yep, can't nominate Bernie. We got to go with the safe guy because he's electable. 10%. Anyway, I uh, so yeah, I when I see J.B. Pritzker up there, I'm going. You know what? Why not substitute Pritzker for Biden? How about that, huh, D? Hey, you know, J.B.'s done a good job. Make him the president, huh? I see. My thought. I think they had a meeting and set Joe down like, all right. Can you run? Do you still want to run? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> He's, good God. Yeah. He spent a. Let me think about it. <laughs> let me think about it for a week. And then he came up. I uh, got folks. I just check out the uh, if you haven't seen it already, the little speech that Joe Biden gave it was supposed to reassure us, you know. And uh, so I, I mean, you got to be out there. You have to be out there, and you have to fight for what you believe in, and you have to uh, be willing to confront Donald Trump, and you have to be willing to confront the madness and the lunacy and the inconsistency of his presidency. And uh, if you're not willing to do it, then don't run. Let somebody else run. Let Cuomo run. Shout out to Brent on the
3: live stream chat. He says not only disappeared, but Biden can't even read the teleprompter in his house.
1: It's true, man. I saw. I get, who who said that? Brent. Brent. I guess you and I were the only two people in America who watched that thing. I watched. I'm like, are you kidding me? And you hear the two, like the two leaders of America who are going to uh, lead us, Donald Trump, who I I would say even Trump supporters will privately concede is insane. And Joe Biden, who clearly has some kind of, I don't know, psychological disorder. So I don't know what to call it, but he just disappears. You know, he, he's like, I can't deal with this. I'm just going to go away. And then a week later, he appears and with his, uh, uh, his little speech from the, um, his, uh, his library or whatever it was. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, if I'm the leaders of the Democratic Party, I don't know. I think about going in a different direction uh, from Joe Biden. What's the future of the Democratic Party? Hell, what's the future of us? No one knows.
3: We're gonna stick around, and we'll be here to find out. Uh, we got Maya Duke Masaba coming up after the break. Here, Ben, let's just reach out to her now and see if she answers. Huh? What do you say? Oh, wow, you gonna do it live? Yeah. Ah, oh, here we go. I love when this happens. Yeah, you let's know. Punch that up. All right, everybody. Hope everybody's doing okay today. Thank you for joining us on the live stream. Chat. All of you are awesome. Yes, I'm calling her through Facebook. This is... throws
1: people off, folks. I gotta tell you, so many people. Wait a minute. So you're gonna call for Facebook? Is it going to come through my computer? Right, it's
3: interesting. And sometimes people don't have the phone part activated, so it's really strange. It's really All right, Maya, where are you? Listen to this noise here. What do you think about this? I've
1: been hearing this noise a lot. This is that Facebook noise. There's always that trippy moment of silence where, will they connect? Will they pick up? Will they be confused? Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Are we ah. calling the right person? Remember Since... last week? We were Since... <laughs>
3: We're waiting for Maya, guys. Hang tight. I'm sorry.
0: We're waiting for Maya, guys. Hang tight. Yeah, man. Welcome All
1: back right. to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's house. Yes, indeed. We're live from Ben's house. Train just went by. We're still broadcasting Maya on the phone with him. Maya, I did a piece for the reader. Uh, where is Joe Biden? This has been on my mind uh, and the, the piece went out. I'm getting a lot of response to it. A lot of Joe Biden fans are weighing in, telling me I should be easier in Joe Biden, saying that Joe Biden finally gave a speech, Go uh, that Joe Biden is just being a, a responsible citizen and allowing the president of the United States to be the president of the United States, and it's not time to bring in politics, Ben. I swear to God, these Joe Biden fans, I, I don't think they live in a real world, Maya. Maybe, I, I don't think they li- live in a real world, A, of where... like
2: I'm... <laughs> You're, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm starting to wonder if Joe Biden's a hologram and all his fans are a hologram,
1: frankly. None of it seems well, real. None of it's real. I mean, it, the, It's like they didn't like Bernie because Bernie was, I don't know, too weird. I think in some levels it was just he was too weird. Uh, and they bought in, they've been brainwashed by this notion that a leftist cannot win. And so the Democratic Party has to always move right. And has to always sell out its principles. Okay, they bought into that, you know. But now we have a situation where the candidate cannot deliver a forceful response uh, to Donald Trump and the way Donald Trump is running the country, and the w- way he's handling this crisis. We, we clearly have a, a candidate uh, who is in over his head, and they still defend him. The, uh,
2: yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, it's. I mean. This is, there, I had no, uh, I, the, it's been clear to me for a while. I mean, I think that that Donald Trump will win re-election with Joe Biden as the, domin, as the, as the Democratic nominee, even in normal times. Now, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, there's many months, many weeks and months to go. There's a million different ways that Donald Trump could bungle the response to this this pandemic. I mean, he could get coronavirus and develop COVID-19 and, you know, it's, it's, anything could happen. Both of them, both, both of them could get coronavirus. They're both, they're both in the, in the, in the risk group. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm just feeling like, uh, Joe Biden is looking less presidential than Donald Trump with his general response to this crisis. So I'm, I'm really feeling like, um, he's not doing the democratic party any favors and, uh, if everything continues as 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 it's been going, I don't think he has a a snowball chance in hell.
1: Well, just what you said, le- he's looking less presidential than Donald Trump. I'm not quite sure I understand what you mean by president when you say presidential. I do know this. In my mind, Donald at least,
2: like being out there making statements, you know, reassuring people, appearing to have a plan. I mean. Until last night, I mean, the last thing, the the, the 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 statements that Trump made, asking people to stay home, all that stuff was probably the most presidential he's been since he got elected, you know. Uh, but but Joe Biden has just been like basically M I A. There was that weird video of him delivering remarks from home, yeah. You know, not able to keep his his remarks straight. Um, I don't know. It's bleak.
1: Well well, I have to tell you one of the funniest things uh the responses i've gotten to uh the the story I wrote that the reader's just circulating now uh, where is Joe biden is this notion that for the good of the country uh Joe Biden should suspend his campaign or suspend his criticisms of donald Trump uh, because we have to all be together and it wouldn't look pr- it wouldn't it would look like he's take trying to take political advantage of a situation. I had a laugh at this. Maya, sometimes it seems like Democrats don't understand how the game of politics is played by Republicans, and this has been going on for years and years. I don't recall any Republican candidate for president, regardless of the crisis, and there have been other Republicans running Ronald Reagan when he ran in 1980 against Jimmy Carter we had the uh, the Iranian hostage situation Richard Nixon in 1968 when he ran against uh, Hubert Humphrey was the vice president we had the war in Vietnam there were other crises they didn't suspend their campaigns they didn't mute their criticisms of the Democrats in fact Uh, Richard Nixon was working behind the scenes to sabotage the Paris peace talks so it would be to his advantage uh, against Hubert Humphrey in the 1968 election. But it's always as though Democrats buy into this notion that they have to be, what, polite and nice and respectful and not go strong and hard at the Republicans. It's as though they want to lose, Maya.
2: Yeah um I frankly think that there's just not a lot of can you hear me by the way Oh yeah you
1: sound clear and I can see you on Facebook right on. all right Maya <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um yeah I don't think I don't I don't think he's been clear I have a feeling that inside his campaign they're like not really sure how to play this I mean until like fairly recently I, a lot of his campaign staff thought that this was this was done for, that he had no chance to even secure the nomination. It doesn't seem like they're really prepared for this. I think a lot of politicians right now are like really worried about saying something that's going to come back to bite them later. But, um, you know, I also don't know how open Joe Biden is to getting some kind of advice right now. I mean, I don't know, like, honestly, watching that thing that, that, that um, address he made from his house was like, you know, like, it's just, you get you, you get to wondering like is he all there um it's a little it's a little strange um so i don't know uh it, it's all you know who's looking presidential jb pritzker and andrew cuomo those guys have got their message they, they, That's they've correct. Got, they're on point with their messaging they're organized they come out there every day with a calm demeanor and you know a firm tone and they, they're 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 you know, seem to be handling the situation as much as they can be. I mean, clearly, none of us, no, no state in this country, in this entire country, is not handling the situation well. But uh, if anybody's looking presidential, it's those two governors, frankly.
1: Well, that's why I was saying early in the show, and I put this out there uh, in the reader piece if Joe Biden doesn't want to be the Democratic nominee for whatever reason, he's he over was
2: wa- planning to retire.
1: Well, then step down. It's not the end of the world. I mean, it, it would be, I guess it would be the first time, at least in my lifetime, where a Democratic nominee would say, you know what, I don't want this job and step down. I would say Cuomo or Pritzker right now would be a far better candidate than Joe Biden. And I'm a Bernie guy. Everybody knows I voted for Bernie. I talk about Bernie. I think, I think Bernie's vision is yeah. what the country really needs. But clearly, the, most Democrats don't agree with me, Maya. You know, I'm part of a minority. Totally, division.
2: I mean, if 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 you just needed a mainstream Democrat running in a in in if it was everything was normal, you needed just a mainstream liberal Democrat, uh, you know, moderate uh, to be running for president. Pritzker and Cuomo, top of the list.
1: There we go. Let's draft
2: reliable, it. reliable. There's no appearance of senility. Uh, there's consistent messaging there's you know just good
1: <laughs> all you
2: need it's the, pa- the package the package is is, is ready to go
1: uh, folks if you're uh, new to hearing my conversation with maya we we have a conversation every tuesday we t- a lot of times we talk about local politics but when we talk about national politics maya has been consistent from the get-go and I say this, Maya, not re- Maya never reveals, she's old school journalist, even though she's way younger than me, never reveals who she's going to vote for or who, uh, who she's even thinking to vote for. But you have been consistently a, baffled that the Democrats would be gravitating toward Joe Biden. You have been saying this from the get-go, uh, that you do not understand what it is that Democrats see in Joe Biden. And you talked about it, not only in terms of his presentation how he handles himself on the stump, but also past policies uh, contradict me- where the Democratic Party is. So this must be a really confusing time for you to see Joe Biden as you know the leader of the party stumbling this way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what I'm, I guess, what I feel like we should really be preparing for, um, and what progressives should be preparing for, and what probably a lot of progressives are are seeing. Um, in the tea leaves already is that like this is the perfect petri dish in which we could see our politics shift even more rightward like this is a perfect petri dish for right-wing populism you know fascist style right-wing populism to really take hold because the Democrats are really bungling not just the Joe Biden situation, but they're messaging around the relief efforts, the stimulus package, all of that stuff. They're coming out looking like they're, you know, they're on their heels. Uh, the Republicans are appealing to be the ones that uh, want to just put money in people's pockets. And if and when they succeed in passing this bill and sending – and, and there's, if they're sending people checks – you know, people are going to be thrilled to just have a little bit of, of extra money in their pocket to deal with the fallout. I mean, especially if they've lost their jobs, if they're, if, you know, they're, they're, I mean, the people's kids are home relying on them more than ever. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's people need money. And when they get their that money, they're not going to forget who they, who that money came from. And the Republicans are going to make sure that no one forgets where that money came from. And so, you know, uh, that, that that actual cash in people's pockets is going to do wonders for Republicans. After all this is said and done, um, and I'm a, and and I think that it'll be uh, after this crisis is done. The the Republicans, to me, it seems like are in a much better position to handle the messaging around like how they're um, how they're helping people, how they're listening to people's concerns, getting them the cash they need. All of that, like the Democrats are already behind. So, you know, the demagoguery and um, the kind of, yeah, basically like po- populist strain in American politics is only going to develop further as a result of this crisis, I think. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I want to read more about this, but you have this sort of, in Europe, this rise of of, of right-wing populism and fascism, after World War One, uh, in large part because of the uh, because of the kind of economic crisis that it created in a lot of places, um, obviously in Germany with the with the the enormous debts that were settled settled on the on the Weimar Republic, the reparations for starting the war. But I wonder how much the Spanish flu has to do with it too. Um, about you know the the war the World War One ended, then this pandemic broke out re- took. Fifty million people, which is you know more than World War One and World War Two combined, um, and uh, you know, I feel like we should probably not be surprised if we see some kind of similar political trend as well, a result of this outbreak.
1: Well, listen, I I've been talking a lot today. I've been joking that by chance right before we went on the air, I got this uh, in the mail, this postcard, President Trump's Coronavirus Guidelines for America, which gets to the point, it's not a check, okay? I can't take this to the bank and cash it, but it's, it's, it's getting at what your, point, what your point was, is that as the President of the United States, uh, he has the power and ability to send things out like this directly uh, to people and as to act as though that he is in charge. So I see your point there and that would be, you give people money directly, they may appreciate that. You're absolutely correct. It's like that old saying in Chicago, when they take, you know, when they pass out the turkeys and they give out the liquor bottles, et cetera, uh, that's a way of getting people to vote for the the person in charge. So I understand where you're going with that. There's also the reality that Donald Trump's uh, presidency and his administration will completely bungle and mishandle. We're already seeing that. Uh, so that there's catastrophic consequences for people uh, who are, and medical workers, doctors, etc. So I am not willing to say that Donald Trump is, uh, a, it's a foregone conclusion that he will win re-election. There's so much that could happen, uh, and there's so many factors at play that I can't even begin to predict how they'll f- fall out. I do know this that right now the democratic party does not have a person at the forefront as a leader a man or a woman uh, articulating what the party stands for what it wants to do uh, not just with this crisis but what it wants to do with the country uh, going forward uh, in the in terms of the economy we're heading into a recession obviously so we we we're, we're absent a voice of leadership and part of what you're alluding to the history post of World uh, and Europe and World War One is that there was an absence of coherent. There was an absence of coherent leadership on the part of, like I so said, the mainstream liberal uh, parties of Europe. So it's a frightening moment, I think, when I when I add it all together. Uh, and I just keep coming back to something that the Democrats can do, and that is either gather around a leader or present a platform uh that people can believe in and i don't see that happening at all
2: yeah yeah and they're sidelining bernie like you know in a way that i mean that was where the platform was 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 with the progressive wing of the party and it's you know it's i feel like it's really um they're not leveraging that to their advantage at all. I also just, I don't know. I have the feeling that there's been so much, so much, um, we've lost so much attention on the, um, on the primary campaigns. I mean, so many States have moved their elections and, um, I feel like the election in general is just like, you know, secondary on people's minds now, obviously. So, um, it's interesting to see the, the 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 kind of news cycle shift so dramatically, um, and I don't you know we don't have any I guess we probably don't have any kind of precedent for this, but I I wonder you know what does it do if 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 the Illinois primary is an indication like the effect of this is going to be that like we're not necessarily. Um, going to see very good turnout for this, despite all the, you know, hatred for Donald Trump out there, like the the turnout might be really depressed in November. I mean, a lot can happen between now and then. But um, the other thing to keep in mind is that, again, like with the Spanish flu, it went away, it started in the spring of 1918, it went away in the summer when it got warmer, and then it came back even more intensely in the fall. So with the election in November, like who knows what kind of turnout we'll even have? And I can bet it's the it's the Trump base and the and the sort of kind of faithful, reliable voters rather than first-time voters and folks who are in precarious conditions and young people who who are going to be turning out at the polls. So I don't know. It's all it's all very disheartening. Um, I have some good news for everyone. Uh, this is a public service announcement I also made on Twitter, but uh, I was c- calling some towing companies um, for a story yesterday, actually, from my essay that's going to be part of the special issue that the reader is putting out um, with essays from all of us about, um, you know, just how on, on the theme of this c- coronavirus outbreak and the quarantine. So people should look out for that um, coming out uh, probably in the next week or so. Anyway, so I was calling around to these towing companies. I called Lincoln Towing, which anyone who listens to your show, you know, I know your base is on the north, on the north side of Chicago. Uh, probably a lot of folks are familiar with Lincoln Towing. Lincoln Towing had a voicemail saying that due to the outbreak and the order from the city to for everyone to stay home, they are unfortunately <laughs> uh, temporarily closed. So just a just a, a you know a silver lining for everybody out there who's ever dealt with Lincoln Towing, uh, which is most people I know, including myself. Um, I, you know, I don't know what it means for people who might have had their car towed, and now these people are closed. But seems like uh, perhaps uh, there'll be there'll be less uh, there'll be less uh, you know. Showing terrorism out there all right, in we'll, these difficult times.
1: We, we'll, we'll close uh, with on, that, on a good note, Maya. Uh, we have our Dave Glowats on deck. We're going to be sh- uh, shifting to uh, city council news. Uh, we're trying to keep uh, some semblance of normalcy uh, in this crisis, but we'll close with that good news. And not only that, they're not ticketing right now, as I understand it. Uh, so it's all Thank great, for- folks. Yay for our teachers! <laughs> Yay for our teachers! <laughs> hey, be happy if something's... Thank goodness that guy's not in charge of the state of Illinois. Maya, thank you very much. Thanks for coming on in these trying times. We're going to take a break and be right back with Dave Glowatz.
3: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food
2: How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor, good question.
3: Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture, food,